girls I join Good evening, afternoon, whenever you're playing this, you are listening to Cults I Would Join, a podcast about cults we would join by Jesse Stone and currently Amarin Link. We are missing our third today, Madison. She is taking a personal day, which we are all jealous of, and uh, but not really because we're having fun too. So we'll miss her and we'll talk to her again next week. Shout out, Madison. You're the prettiest. Hopefully by the time this comes out, you're well past. <laughs> oh, you better time. be because yes. this will be a while. <laughs> this is going to be a long time down the road, but sending yeah. you love now as well. <laughs> yeah, totes. I'll bet you can feel it. Yeah, yeah. So um, this week, new group, new convo. Are you ready for it? You better believe I'm ready for it. So this is another one that I wanted to give you a hint, but I don't think um, you've heard of the group. So I don't think the hint will help me or you. So I... I I'm just going to jump right into it. That seems fair. I can't know them all. So, what, no. what, you know, we, we got, might as well give it to me one time. You know, I'm saving my brain for trivia this week. Listen, cults are obscure by design. So <laughs> absolutely. This is going to be this is the nature of what we've chosen to do. Um, OK, so I am going to give you I'm going to tell you the title of the group and then you tell me what you think they're about. OK, I like Kay. that. The group is called The Finders. The Cameron, what brings this to mind? What do you think of? Okay, well, the first thing I'm thinking of uh, is probably totally wrong, and it's like finding the fountain of youth. So that's Ooh. where I went to immediately. I was just like okay. kind of getting to the center of the universe vibe. Little, little Spanish conquistadors, go exactly, on. Exactly, yeah. So that catches my attention. But also I'm, I'm feeling probably there might be the word truth may come in with these people. They may be accessing something they believe is kind of a divine source something like that i'm not sure obviously i'd prefer for it to be like artifact <laughs> but i feel like it's probably going to be more metaphorical but but i'm interested to hear now that i've got okay <laughs> Thank, thanks for playing along with me so the finders uh they started out way back in the 60s they are neither of the things that you described and and would have been difficult for anybody to describe. So honestly, I was that was an exercise in frustration that I just gave you. You're welcome. Creativity practice for yeah. Me. <laughs> well, but not just in frustration. Like it's fun to see what uh, a cults lead like name themselves, and then uh, it's right. I'm always curious to see like what the title says to people before you know what it is. Right? Like, did you did you aptly name your cult or did you not? That's um, in a name, yes. But <laughs> correct. But the finders, <laughs> they're such an interesting group. They they don't care what you think, so they don't care uh, if if the title makes sense to you or not, which is what's so interesting about them. So I'm just going to kick it off here. It's a little bit different this week because there's a lot to cover with them. Partly because they've been around for so long, but partly because there's you know real wackadoos in a real complimentary way. Mm. Um, so I'll just start. Um, I'll tell you first how I came across the finders um, because I came across them living in community myself. And of mm. course, when you are in the network of communities, which is a very real thing, like let's say that you belong to uh, the Catholic church, right? Lots of Catholic churches all over the place. They do right. pretty different stuff. And there's a pretty strong thread of news slash gossip amongst them, right? right? So people inside of the Catholic church are always like, oh, priest, blah, blah. Everybody knows that he and nun so-and-so, bloody blue. You know, there's, there's stuff that is insider knowledge to them. 
but that is a constant stream of information, which is to right, say the grapevine, it's doing well, it's flourishing. Yeah, it's a, it's a specific grapevine yes. known to insiders, very true of the communities movement, right? Very, because most people in communities are seeking the perfect community for them and therefore stop at many, many of them and therefore have great stories when they get to you. So there you go. Right. So, this is, so living in community, I, which I was at, I was in my community yesterday all day long. We had a memorial for someone we all loved very much a long time. One of our first mm. members, um, you know, it was a celebration of his life. So we'd already, we've had a couple months to adjust and all the ex-members were coming back. So it was really, you know, beautiful and amazing. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And solace is to, to the age of yeah. like uh, learning to appreciate all of this as well. So it was, mm-hmm. I spent a whole day in a commune yesterday. It was lovely. I got wow. 10,000 steps in my first two hours there. <laughs> that's what life is like there. Wow. I digress. Um, so at that particular community, that's where I heard about the finders. So um, we have something called the communities directory. Amber, I'm going to hold it up for you. Oh, exciting. Visual aid. Okay. Ba- it's a thick book for the audience to know quite, yes. quite good, like a phone book almost, is it? And it, and it functions as a phone book, only a really informational one. So the communities directory is a huge resource book listing every single community, um, around the globe that is willing to make itself publicly available. Right. So, and then it gives like a really cool breakdown of every community, a really detailed, like, are they vegan? Do they allow smoking? Do they have a leader? Do they share their income? All of these interesting, how many kids do they have? How many adults? How long have they been, you know, around so that you can choose your, so you can really target where you want to go stay and, and see who's best for you. Yeah. So everybody hangs around in our common areas, you know, especially when you're new to the community, reading the community's directory, just in case the one you're at isn't that great, right? Tasting the fruit, trying (laughs) it out. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And so I came across, I was reading the community's directory and I I came across the finders because they're listed in there. But every single listing is like, here's our community, little you know, one paragraph blurb about what our community culture is like, what we're looking for, how to contact us, right? So you're reading and over and over this, you know, same kind of setup of information. And then the finders is like, we know that all of life's a game and we're just always playing that game. And if you want to find us, go ahead. The end. No. So they're kind of called the finders because you have to find them, which is well, no, then I that is fun, but I will say I'm kind of thinking about that as to whether or not they would be the finders, right? Well, I guess they all have to find it. So then in that way, it is a collection of they finders. They found it. Yeah. Okay. I can allow <laughs> it. I was going to say it sounds more like they're like, I don't know, the found, but it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. I, I'm following. I'm following now. Yeah. Yeah. They found it. So they're the finders. They found it. They're the find. Yeah. Very cool. I like that. Very but even exclusive. Their- it is. And even their ad for their community, like doesn't give any contact info. It's just like, you should, you should look into that. That sounds like a fun thing for you to do. Good luck. Because all of life's, life's a game, right? And so Very I did meet fun. people who had gone through the finders and who were familiar with them. And it was not hard. I learned to be familiar with the finders because they've had several run-ins with the law and the press. Mm-hmm. So immediately what I heard about when I in community said, oh, who are these crazy people, the finders? People were like, sit down. Um, so the first thing that I heard about is the first thing I'm going to tell you about. And then I'll, I'll get more into what their community is like. But I'm going to give you the 
the legal notes first because this is how they made the news, right? And so okay. if you were to ask people in the know, if anybody's heard of the finders, this is what they've heard about them. So the first thing was um, on Thursday, February 5th, 1987. Now remember, they've been around since the 60s. In 1987, two men were arrested on suspicion of kidnapping six children and transporting them to Florida. The children were filthy and hungry um, and immediately... Uh, 1987, height of the satanic panic. So these these two men were found with these six dirty, hungry children. And immediately the children were seized. It hit the news. It was in the New York Times. It was in the Washington Post, like over and over and over coverage about how it was a satanic cult. They were trafficking the children. And when they asked, when they asked the men, you know, what are you doing with these children? The men were like, oh, we're taking them to Mexico to be in a school about freedom. And it didn't sound good. A school it about fishy. freedom? Yeah, it was in Mexico. Real, okay. In Mexico, real loosey-goosey. Um, and so uh, immediately, you know, these men are arrested. These children are seized. It took several days to find the mothers. In the meantime, hundreds of women called up and claimed the kids were theirs because there are women everywhere waiting to steal your babies. Um, so eventually the, the women were found. Um, and they the finders don't really watch the media. So they just didn't realize that this was this is in the 80s. You know, like nobody cell phoned anybody. So it just took a couple days for the mothers to realize what had happened. So it turns out these this is a commune. These children are raised communally. The moms were off doing a job and the uh, and the community had said, oh, you two guys take these kids with you uh, to go do a different job. They were doing some construction job uh, down in Florida. So they had the kids with them. They were supposed to go do this construction job because the women were doing office work and couldn't take the kids in. The construction job got paused and the dudes were like, I don't know, let's take them to the park all day. So by the end of a park day, the kids were filthy and hungry. The main philosopher of philosophy of the finders, their, their, their guide star is that life is a game. They have a leader. He calls the game rules. The game rules change all the time. That's what makes life fun. Um, and so because of this, it's a real stiff policy of theirs not to talk to cops because cops do not understand that life is a game. They do not. They're not fun. Oh, rule followers. We don't like them so much. Right, right. Yeah. So when the cops were questioning them, they were like, yeah, no, it's going to Mexico for some freedom school because they were oh, fucking with them. Sense. Yeah, they, they were, were just fucking with them yeah. and they perceive life as a game. So they really were not taking it seriously. Um, okay, I see. But unfortunately, not a good call on their part. Not a fun turn of the game. Turns out cops um, not only don't they're, they have very little levity. Um, and they don't use it on hippies. No. <laughs> or people no. of color. Or women. Right. Or, so. you know, to be fair, a bunch of kids, dirty kids. And they're, right. you know, that's a right. tough one too. You know, like there, there's a lot, lot going on with that scenario. <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly these men did themselves no favors. Um, and then, so one of the kids was interviewed later and she said, they said, you know, what do you remember about the raid? And she said, or about, about, you know, getting pulled from the, from the, these men by the cops. And she said, you know, they were just babysitting us. And then all of a sudden these cops were there. And as soon as the cops touched them, they just went all noodly. 
because that's the other thing anybody in a counterculture knows is when a cop touches you, you turn into a floppy noodle and you make it hard for them to arrest you. I did it myself at a Bob Dylan concert. So I understand. Got dragged out face first. Did not make it easy for the cops. Face first. Yeah. Missed the whole concert, but I'm not sorry. Anywho, another story for another time. So the men went noodly. Anyway, ultimately in the long term, the children were returned. The charges were dropped. Everything was okay. But in the short term, um, it it blew up all over the national media. They were considered to be a satanic cult. Um, The community had several properties in D.C. and in Culpeper, Virginia. Obviously, the FBI raided all of them. They told FBI agents told the press and the press printed that this is definitely like a global scale, you know, child sex network, satanic ritual group. Definitely. That's a big thing to say it's if you're not sure, you know, like real what a commitment. Oh, too big yeah. a net. No. Zero, zero fucks given by that guy. I read one critique that said ultimately um, this opinion, the public opinion of the finders has always stuck to them because even though they were cleared, they just really don't care what people think. So they, they never bother to like make note of the fact that they cleared it. And the rumors that they were linked to the FBI or the CIA went on for years. Oh, and one of them had actually worked for the CIA because remember, they own property in D.C., uh-huh. And yeah, and they're all sense. kind of like nerdy computer people in the 80s. So they had one of them had just worked in an office for the CIA. So then it's it became. Be yeah. Yeah. So then it became like these people are trafficking children. The CIA is involved. Bloody blue. Right, right. Um, they they ultimately accused them of uh, raising children who would ultimately be Manchurian candidates. This was the conspiracy theories in the in the eighties at that time. So I read an interview with some of the children when they'd grown up, the children of the finders, they gave interviews when they grew up. And one of them said about being like, when they said that the community was going to be raising Manchurian candidates, they were like, what do you think of that? Is that true? And he said, well, I really can't know until I'm activated. (laughs) Also, um, the community members ended up calling this goat gate because in addition to, um, in addition to, all the trouble that they got publicly when the FBI raided their, uh, their farm, they had a a rural farm as well. When the FBI raided their farm, they found a whole bunch of stack. First of all, they found all kinds of weird shit because these people think they're living in a game. Um, So they just found all kinds of weird shit from all the, because the leader would be like, now we're pagans, <laughs> you know, or like, mm-hmm. now we only eat soup. Like, they would just, so, so I it bet just, it was a strange sight to see in that place, you know, yeah, busting so there's, in. Well, busting in with the assumption that this is a satanic child sex cult. Right. And then coloring all your, like, they only eat soup. What does it mean? So, <laughs> why, so, how does that tie to being evil? What's going on? <laughs> soup people out here yeah <laughs> so ultimately they uh they found a collection they seized all their uh computers and all of that which in 87 i'm sure was a lot of work um and they found this stack of pictures like a photo like a photo album um pictures of where's the title it was called the assassination of henrietta and someone else i'll find the notes on it that was the title of it um and it was pictures of them slaughtering goats, unfortunately. And they were all wearing robes. And the children were, there's a picture of someone handing a child a goat's head. 
which sounds real bad. Well, <laughs> now it isn't a great look. I'm going to be honest with you. That's not a great thing for the, them to find on a raid. Right. Well, again, a satanic child sex that, cult. That does right. look bad for you guys. I'm not going to lie. There's a yeah. lot of goats involved with the whole Satan thing. It's not shaping up nicely for you. Right. So the community members uh, forever after referred to this as uh, goat gate. Um, but <laughs> so it turns out, though, that what had actually been happening is that they slaughtered the goats for food. This was a farm. This is a community. Um, and they took so seriously the fact that they were taking lives and they took very seriously raising their children in a really conscious way that they had donned robes to convey to the children that taking a life is not a joke. It's very serious and sacred. Um, and then they had made the children a part of that process so that they would understand what meat eating is. And then they had taken pictures because people take pictures of the stuff they do with their kids. <laughs> Well, that is quite the answer. It does resolve the issues cleanly, though. That makes a cleanly. lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And the community said it's not Satanism. It's just farming. So, okay. So that's the big thing. When I was at the commune myself and saying, who are these finders? Everyone was like, well, they got arrested for child sex trafficking and kidnapping in 87. And even on the commune, there was a little bit of sensationalism still and like, well, we don't really know. We think it's okay. Um, but again, I was asking when I moved 10 years later in 97, when there's still no internet and still not a whole lot of info. Um, but anywho, so that's that. Secondarily in the nineties, there was a member lawsuit, a bunch. So right after 87, um, when this happened, the moms really got uncomfortable and most of them left with their kids for obvious reasons, right? They were like, okay, I fucked around and I found out and I cannot risk my kids being taken because people are fucking crazy and think we're Satanists. I'm just going to get a job. So um, the community dwindled significantly. They went from about 40 members to about 20 members, right? So Ooh, about half. Big hit. Oh, yeah, big hit and pretty much all the women and children is who left. So now it's like a bunch of Even dudes. Even bigger hit. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. Uh, and like two women are left, right? So wow. then- when they lost all these members, uh, the leader went from being kind of a zany, fun-loving guy to being more of a – he got more and more controlling, right? And so oh, – even no. and, and he's the ultimate leader. He's the game caller, right? So, like, the vibe changed a lot. And so that kind of started to peel back even more members, right? So a couple of members left and ended up suing the community because the community had, like, $2 million in cash plus a whole bunch of property. Uh, and they, and the, these people had lived in the community for 20 years, and they were like, I gave my stuff in. I want my stuff back, right? Um, one of them said, this action is about settling up 20 years of throwing our assets, assets into a partnership because we want to liquidate that partnership and get our share out of it, which is something I have a right to do. Uh, the vision of the group shifted and the nature of the group shifted from an idealistic utopian community to more of a military-like organization where following orders became more important than the vision. Um, this man goes on to say, um, oh, he says, Petty, the leader of the group, tried to change the game. When I came in, there was no doubt that if you put your money in the group, you could get it back. It was referred to as the invisible bank. Somewhere along the lines, this would be after all those members left, Petty came up with a new idea that he called the last man's club. The implication being that once you put something in, you never get it back and the last man standing keeps it all. Um, oh, 
Yeah. So there was That's a, there intense. was, yeah. yeah, there, there was a lawsuit for, for, uh, resources between members. I'm not sure actually how it settles out because after that things get real, real vague and the finders actually make it very hard to find them and they tend to stay out of the media. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they, they have properties in DC, but they keep a real low profile in DC. They just live in their apartments and mostly like make money there. Right. But where they really live is in a nearby town called Culpeper, Virginia. Um, and this area is rife with communes. This is very close to Twin Oaks, which is a sister community of the one I was at yesterday. Um, and Acorn, which is another sister community of theirs. There are a whole bunch of small growing forming communities out there all the time. So this is an odd little, little thick area of communes. So in Culpeper, that's where the founders were. Um, it turns out that their leader actually was from Culpeper, which is almost definitely why they ended up there. But it's like a bucolic, perfect little picture book town, like full of history and little old cute buildings. But the group bought, um, let's see, they bought several properties there. They bought an old movie theater. They bought, I know, cool, right? And this is a I small like town. That. This is a small town. Yeah. So they bought the movie theater. They bought um, uh, like a medical uh, center, you know, that it had like dentists and, and uh, medical okay. professors, yes. professionals in it. Um, so they bought a medical center, they bought, um, the theater, and then they also owned a mansion. And then they also had a rural farm slash retreat there. Right. So, um, the townsfolk for a long time, they kept a real low profile, but when this news thing exploded, they kind of had to reconcile the fact that they could no longer stay anonymous in this town. Um, and so like, they used to refer to themselves as a group of nobodies who liked it that way. Mm, that's catchy. Okay. <laughs> I thought so too. Um, so the neighbors around them did not like them back. They basically just kind of kept their distance and treated them like, like they were the Adams family. And they did in fact have a mansion on a hill. So. <laughs> yeah. So it's quick connections. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is a, a more recent. So they own the, the movie theater the movie theater has a marquee on it, right? So after after the um, raids and the uh, children being briefly seized and and the major media stuff, they never got away from that um, picture that people had of them of being a child trafficking satanic right. sex cult. They never got it past that, especially with the locals, right? The big label, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And despite the fact that they like basically ran out of women and children after that. Um, but, but so they kind of shifted tactics when that happened, they made a turn from trying to really just be low key and like, they wanted to live really weird lives, but they wanted to not be bothered about it. Um, and so they, they were just real, real low key before, but after this, they kind of got into like fucking with the people around them in a sort mm. of subtle and interesting way. So okay. they've got this old theater that's not open to the public. It's their private theater mm. now. Um, and they've got all these apartment buildings that their people can come and go in and they've got this medical center that they can like black out the windows and use for whatever they want. So on the theater is a big marquee, right? Like you'd put the, the movies that right. are playing and stuff. Yeah. So they do this thing where they just put up weird, obscure phrases on the marquee and they always okay, put them up in the middle of the night. So like nobody Even ever, and better. they don't like, they don't leave a ladder or anything. So like nobody knows how they get there. 
random reassignments of letters on the marquee at the old theater. Very nice. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. What sort of things did they say? Do you know? Yeah, no, I've got a little list here. Let me, I'm I'm shuffling my notes around to, uh, to find this, but let me get it for you. Ah, here we go. Here are a couple of them. So let's see. I just listed all the things that they own. Um, Here are some things that they put on on the marquee. School for Actors, spelled A-K-T-E-R-S. Another one said, Spycraft, a great game. A great game. (laughs) And another one said, Free Money. Free Money. Oh, man. (laughs) These are iconic. Okay. These are very good phrases. Or like they just put up like a word. Blue. See, I like that. I, I really like that. That seems like my type of humor. Just blue on the mm-hmm. marquee. That's yeah. very funny to me for no reason. Yeah. It says a message, if that's really what it is, might remain for as long as a month. Then without rhyme or reason, it vanishes only to be replaced by another. So this will let me segue this actually into uh, something that I find really interesting to about them because they seem to have... Uh, a very different outside and inside life. So their outside life is very much at this point after they hit the media, just fucking with people. Like, because they still believe all of life is a game and they are still taking this pretty lightly and enjoying themselves. And now people are paying attention to them. So since they can't get them not to pay attention to them, they just fuck with them. So their big mansion on the hill, I'm going to give you a little bit of a description of it. Um, at the top of a hill overlooking Culpepper on a quiet corner sits a spacious two-story brick house. Its lawn has been allowed to grow semi-wild and the backyard is enclosed by a tangle of bushes in the vestibule. So when you go up to the door, little vestibule there, little entryway, you can't see in the rest of the house. But you can go right up and knock on the door. It's just in a neighborhood. Um, In the vestibule, a small globe sits upside down on an oriental rug in the middle of a wooden floor. So you understand there's just, you look in the window to knock, there's a, there's an oriental rug, there's a glow, an upside down glowing globe, just sitting in the center of the floor. (laughs) Against the bare wall is a couch covered by a white sheet. Kind of creepy. Nice. I like that. An upside-down bowler hat rests on top of it. Behind it leans an early 1900 photo of a formally dressed couple. The scene is less eerie than weirdly inviting. So they've got that going on, right? Uh, Better Homes and Garden Halloween edition. (laughs) Uh, And they do that everywhere, right? So at uh, at their medical center, again, they've got like, you can't look in all the windows, but the one window that you can look in has a glowing path. Uh, plastic Halloween skull. They have a glowing thing. I like that. Everything that's seems nice. to have. Everything but this one has a little glow. Yeah. And then the, the, so that's their medical center. And then the theater, you know, right when you walk up to the theater, it's got that little room where you would buy tickets with all the glass. So that's like set up like a little, like a little dollhouse. Right. And it's got, let's see. Um, I'm trying to find the description of that. Uh-uh-uh. So, so, <laughs> It's got like all of this kind of like weird furniture in it. Um, there's a, there's an antique typewriter sitting there and then there's a computer right next to it, but the computer is unplugged. And then there's a map of the world, but the map of the world is upside down. And then there's an article about what a satanic cult they are taped to the window, but it's also taped upside down. So it's just all really weird, right? So that's the outside of all of their buildings, which is very much by design. When you go 
into their buildings. So the, I read an article by this reporter that actually like went into the house. So the vestibule looks like the Adams family. And then you walk past the vestibule. It's separated by like a Chinese curtain. Uh, Partitions. Partition. That's the word. Anywho. So, so that vestibule is blocked off. So you can't see the rest of the house. When you get into the rest of the house, it's like Ikea furniture, literally. It's just like wood floors, those bookshelves that you make out of planks of wood with cinder blocks, you know, every single wall is like laden with books. And by the way, I've been to a lot of communes. This is across the board, the commune aesthetic. It's plain furniture. It's wood and concrete bookshelves with a shit ton of books on them. And then like a very large spice rack in the kitchen. Everything's tidy and spare. This one had a a hot tub in the back. That was very nice, but that's it. It's, so the inside is just like a house, but anything you can see from the outside is like this crazy Halloween setup that they've done for people because they're like, Ooh, we're so scary. I love it. See, I, okay. Early read just really fast. I don't know that I would join this cult. I'm not ready to commit to that, but I'll tell you what I would do. And that's move to the town next to where in the town where this cult is just so I can enjoy the hijinks, you know, like I think this is very clever. I'd like to just be appreciative of their work, you know, like I'd buy like their book or something and like a coffee. Table I agree book with there. you. See, that seems like I think send a photographer out, get some good angles. I see. I'm interested in supporting in that way. I think it's very clever. Unless you tell me something really dark soon. To, I'm not but, going to. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to have to roll this back if you're like, you're feeding children to snakes, you know, like that would be pretty bad. These people would say they were. Um, I will say, so the townsfolk, very mistrustful of them. So they put up, uh, they put up one thing on their marquee that just said, John 832. So if you look up John 832, the verses, you'll know it. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So this reporter came through and was, and that, that was the one that was up. And the reporter was like, Hey, local, what do you think of this? And the local said, do you know what's important about that? Uh, He thinks the finders are part of the evil conspiracy. That's also engraved in the lobby of the headquarters of the CIA. Like any move they make. Just that's put up. also in great. How would he know? Also, is it real? It's not right. That's no, that's it probably just is. The truth okay. shall set you free. It's kind of actually notoriously uh, like a favorite phrase. I thought of, just like the John or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's a really okay. common. The truth will You're set right. you free. Anne of Green Gables says it. She does. I'm yeah. calling that now. Yeah, yeah. I was just so, more confused by the Bible reference. But now we're back. Yes. But that's all they put. Right. John 832. And this guy is like, because the CIA has that in their office and they're sex traffickers for the CIA, obviously. So again, if they put up the word blue, I'm sure it, I'm sure it got the same. Well, yeah, exactly. Blue is also present at the CIA headquarters. And because of that, yeah, exactly. Also, the locals always take it personally, whatever they put up. So if they put up a word that doesn't make sense, the locals think that they're calling them stupid. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, it's sort of self-fulfilling, isn't it? If you fall for that on your own and no one's even trying. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, let, here's a word they put up. A-T-A-R-A-X-I-A, which isn't a word. That's just the word. And so the locals were like, they think we're stupid. They think we don't know words. <laughs> <laughs> we thought this might get across to you better townspeople. Nonsense on the board, you know. <laughs> what would they Oh, you dumb dumbs, you dumb townsfolk. That's hilarious. So they put another one up that said, uh, there's no such thing as free money. 
and and the people because remember they put up this, the words free money then they wrote there's no such thing as free money and they were all like this is satan playing scrabble with us satan playing scrabble oh man this is full of things i feel like you could get tattooed on your body i don't know why i feel there's a lot of very potent little quotes arising out of this cult so these are just a few uh, comments that this guy got from the town people. Are the finders gathered for some ritual in the back lot, or are they simply taking trash to the dumpster? People have seen glowing lights in the windows of the finders group house at the edge of town, along with visitors coming and going at odd hours. The lawn is mowed in a peculiar circle, circle pattern. That's the place where they sacrifice the potbelly pigs. Um, the potbelly pigs. Now that's a sad thing to hear. I won't lie. I can understand getting a little up in arms if you thought that was going on, but it's because the uh, lawn is mowed in a circle. So it gives it away. You know, if you don't want people to know you're sacrificing pigs, don't mow your lawn in a circle. I've been saying that for years. Okay. (laughs) That's what I always think of when I think of you is exactly that. I know. I have been giving this people this advice. Some people don't know automatically. You got to tell them. So thank yeah, you. Thank you. That, people. Yet again. Yeah. PSA. World. You're the one that should start a triangle <laughs> mowing only. That's it. Duh. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So back to just inside of their buildings a lot. So they're very plain. They're very stacked with books that they're just like every commune I've ever been to, like kind of cozy, kind of utilitarian Ikea furniture. Um, yeah, uh, their offices have um, sleeping quarters in them as well because they do have people come through quite a bit. Um, the top floor of their medical place is just fully an apartment for their leader just in case he gets sick of the rest of them. It has a sign on the door that says, the high and pleasant situation room. Uh, um, legendary. Uh, I know, right? Um, so at the funny. time of this article, they were building a vis- Visions of the Future Museum. And the leader said, we're not going to push our vision, though. We're going to push whoever wants to put up an exhibit in there. Anybody who wants to see the future. Oh, my God. Did That's their jam. Happen? I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. I think it did. Um, but I think, you know, I don't think it's there to this day. So who right, knows of course, the longevity yeah, of it. Yeah. Sad, but, but totally fair. Yeah. Yeah. And then in their theater on the inside, it really is just a movie theater. And it's literally like where they watch TV. Like. They they really like that. (laughs) But he did say, I used to watch movies in this theater when I was a child, and I would always go to the cowboy movies and cheer for the Indians. I liked their tribal structure and the way they handled group property. I don't like individualists. I like the tribal style. So don't hate to hear that. Don't hate to hear that. Yeah, I know. It's pretty great. So I'm going to give you just a quick rundown about uh, John Petty himself. Real quick, I'll try to burn through this. They call him the stroller. This is because he walks like 10 to 20 miles a day around the town. Oh, good, good. Not Um, like a stroller. Got it. No, no. He's a stroller himself. He's a stroller himself. Perfect. They call him the game caller. He was born uh, Marion David Petit on, I always want to say Petit. It's Petit. Petit. Just remember when I say petite, I don't mean it. I mean petty. Um, He was born in 1920. Petty enlisted in the Army at the age of 15 um, and transferred to the Air Force in 47. He retired in 1955, took his pension, and never worked again. Um, When he joined the Army, the legal age was 16 and he was 15, so he needed his parents to lie for him. Uh, And his parents did not want to lie for him. And so 
This is like his first act of being exactly who he is. He found an article in the newspaper about a young man who murdered his entire family. And he cut the article out and left it on the kitchen table. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he didn't make Good any. Lord. He said nothing. He just like a terrorist in the night. He just left that on the kitchen that table. That is worse than saying something. That's, <laughs> you know, imagine if your child did that. Like, oh, no, I would. Oh. Yeah. So his I, parents were like, I'd make it happen. Let's, yep. <laughs> let's put you in the army right now. So they Get got, out of they, here, kiddo. Yeah. <laughs> he got what he wanted. Um, soon he was in Panama, a lifeguard for the U.S. Army. Uh, the teenage soldier sat by the base pool reading books and working on his tan for three years, um, learning much and working as little as possible, which would be his life uh, life path. By the 60s, he was living with his wife and two sons in the D.C. area. Um, that's when he started his community that would later be known as the Founders. Uh, he was definitely anti beer bureaucratic and anti-institutional of course this is the 1960s so not weird um he he didn't want to set up an institutional kind of community he wanted like a fluid experimental community he's very interested in philosophy he really likes to just like listen to people and observe them and learn from them and so what he did to start his um trying to find the quote i have so many notes here what he did to start his community is he actually just uh opened up like he bought two apartments in DC. And then he just opened them up for anybody to live in them. I'll have to find, I'll tell you the quote when I come across it here, because it's not in front of me. But basically, he opened it up, let people come in. And he said, I figured I'd learn something about humanity, money or sex. Okay, yeah. So wait, is he letting people stay there as in like rent them or no. stay there for free? For free. free. Anybody okay. could just come. This is how he started to populate his community. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah, I, I think that I just somehow in 2022 couldn't fathom someone letting you live in an apartment for free. So I think that I literally short circuited a little bit and was like, do you mean that they paid him money? <laughs> and you were like, no, of course, they. that's not what happened. So anyway, that was just a millennial <laughs> moment. Hashtag so Sorry. No, I totally now. <laughs> I fully get that. Um, he liked using Henry Miller's uh, quote, calling society an air conditioned nightmare. Um, and what he wanted was just to create a community of people who just constantly questioned and were constantly learning and constantly in flux. Um, it says Petit saw his followers, not to mention the modern world in general, as supremely fucked up. A great deal of their time was spent playing games, psychodrama formulated by their guru with the specific goal of unfucking people. Okay, with the goal of, okay, interesting. So the game helps you become like disenchanted with the fake stuff and you kind of like wake up and become. Because you loosen up, right? You stop seeing anything as concrete. You stop thinking anything is going to stay the same or expecting it to or hoping for it to. You No, that's interesting. That's almost Eastern. No, it is. He studied a shit ton of Eastern okay. philosophy okay. before yeah. he started this group. It is absolutely Eastern. Um, that is his jam. You are a correct man. Um, yeah. And so, uh, so... <laughs> So he just has these two free apartments and he just lets people stay in them. Right. And then he's like, kind of lays down what he's about and basically people stay or they don't stay. But he specifically, even though like a whole lot of hippie types came through who he was recording 
or recruiting was people who were educated, who were exceptionally intelligent, and who were motivated to be creative. Um, and so they did not do drugs in the culture. They did not, um, they didn't listen to rock and roll. Like they were real, again, plain Ikea furniture. They're real chill. He's described as someone who wears a full suit and strolls through the neighborhood with a cane that he doesn't actually need. Um, so like I went to college with like a couple of these guys. I think they grew out of it. Um, but I'm, I, this is a vibe I've actually met before just on a much smaller scale. So I'm kind of beginning to read the, the cane that you don't need for some reason really lit some bells in my head, lit some bells. We're, we're going to stick with that. Yeah. I think that it's a good description. Um, here I'll, I'll pause to say he commissioned one of his members once to do a description of him. So I'm going to read the description. He, he sounds like he looks a lot like Colonel Sanders from the descriptions I've heard. And he dresses in suits and he walks with this cane that he doesn't need. Um, but so one of the members wrote this personal study of him. Does not fidget. When seated in car or domicile, assumes a position and holds it. No fast movements. Steady. Modulated voice. Not bass. Sometimes speaks in a clenched teeth fashion, yet other times has a hint of a Virginia drawl. Maintains that he likes young pussy more than old pussy. Moreover, upon questioning, stated that twice a week since the age of 13 or so has been the optimum amount for me. Farts a lot. Eccentric in urinary habits. Walks 10 to 20 miles a day and has done so for years. Reports that the secret of his health and happiness is having uh, constantly been associated only with people he likes and who like him. None of this is bad life advice. Really? interesting situation it brought a smile to my face hearing this <laughs> <laughs> about this gentleman how strange oh wow yeah yeah that's a character for you yeah so inside of their community such an interesting culture so remember they're playing games he is the game caller sometimes the game changes are dramatic sometimes they're minor it really could be like everybody wears blue now or everybody likes celery now or it can be really dramatic like one man said hang on where is it for one man he said playing the game ranged from working a temp job, doing accounting work in a downtown D.C. law firm, to catching a flight to Japan on two hours notice, to gathering information on Japanese companies and reporting it back to Petty. It was a subculture built on whimsy and intrigue, undergirded by a sense of tribal affiliation. It was a 24-hour, 365-day-a-year training group for games. It was like people go to go to an institute for a weekend, but this was for a year or a lifetime and the games were always changing. Oh man, this one. Now, Jesse, listen to me. This one I might genuinely be one that I'm like, uh oh, this one might have got me. Like, I haven't heard anything that's an actual deal breaker in real life for me. And it's so intriguing. I'm an academic. I love this stuff. So same girl, same. And what's interesting is, again, I've known about the finders forever and I could have joined them at any time. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in our Virginia communes, literally. Maybe right even did. Maybe you just can't tell me because that's not <laughs> part of the game, you know. <laughs> I am. I am going to give you a surprise at the end. So just wait for it. Um yeah. Yeah. So on the outside finders, uh, remember, so a lot of hippies came through um, because of the free housing and because of the area they were in. But the only people who were com like converted into members, they dressed in suits. 
they work professional jobs, they change jobs all the time, but they, they, they came across as really straight. Again, this is partly because they like to stay under the radar, but also it's because they weren't interested in a hippie culture. He was really interested in a lifetime of having people around who would talk philosophy with him and try out philosophy with him. And that's really not people that are like on drugs and listening to like the stones, right? That's not, that's really, they're not going to do it. Yeah, you can coexist, I feel like now, sure. but maybe less than. But maybe, he wanted to less. really do it. Like he wanted, he wanted to get to into really it. really be in that mind palace zone. Yeah. 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 So uh, it says, based in various domiciles around Washington and headquartered in the converted warehouse off of Florida Avenue in Culpeper, they played an elaborate game run by Petty, the game caller, traveling the globe as freelance journalists, computer consultants, and, inf- and information gatherers. They pooled their finances and shared property. Women assumed positions of power in the group whose goal was to form an extended family based on mutual trust rather than blood relations to learn and earn and raise free children. They believed that uh, Petty was so in tune with the New Age way of living in Eastern mysticism, he could peer into their souls almost as if he had an X-ray vision. This is why they trusted him to set game rules and change them, because they considered that a great way for them to open up and grow. So they assumed he would change the rules to grow them. Um The group believed that women, never men, should initiate sexual relationships because Petty told them so, and that children should be raised like Indians on the plain, strong and tough, which is what led to that government crackdown. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes. Uh, One of the members said the idea was to explore your own person and discover your own true nature. You can't do that by just sitting at a desk or on a couch in a routine way. You have to have some experiences. So Petty was good at structuring experiences from which you could learn. He called himself the game caller. And what that meant is that he'd call a game for you to do something where you gain an experience. There's a lot of great clips in here about how they lived, you know, within this concept of games, like that was their whole thing. Um, yeah. And I, I think like, I, I think it's a really interesting commitment to opening yourself up. I think so too. I think, yeah, it's a very interesting exploration. And I like the idea of surrendering yourself to new experiences and not necessarily always having control over things but learning to make like take things lightly i mean in many ways i feel that we learn this living real life all the time so i can understand how you would get to the point where you said like life's a game or we should like learn more from game i could see that mm-hmm. yeah um here's another little blurb uh the finder's tendency to abandon jobs and homes at a moment's notice could complicate law enforcement efforts to find them which also just happened to work in their favor um Sometimes they approached businesses, form a mate, they would form entire businesses, like print up business cards and everything, but never actually do the business. Just, just make it. And it said each of the members had at least 20 aliases. Oh, wow. At least 20. That's amazing. Right? So here's the next thing. Something that they were known for in Culpeper, which I'll keep saying is a very small town, is that so the leader walks 10 to 20 days, 20, 10 to 20 miles a day. He always has a notepad with him and he usually has a person behind him taking notes like a Dirk. Like, mm-hmm. hey, Dirk. Okay. Note this down. So, um, so, and he often would go to the library, but he would always send a scout first. <coughs> but this is all part of the game, right? Like, ooh, we're all spies. 
and members would often just stand in front of people's houses and take notes. So I, this, again, this is actually something I knew about the finders and I thought they were just being funny, right? Like they fuck with people in so many ways. This is another way that they're fucking with people. But later on in an interview I read with him, he was like, yeah, um, the locals really don't like us, but they leave us alone because they assume we have so much on them. It worked in their favor. That's and so they, funny. Yeah. yeah. And I thought they were taking fake notes, but they're not. They actually note down like, oh, kid got a new tree swing. Oh, family got a new Toyota. Oh, like they really do have extensive notes on all their neighbors. Okay. And I kind of take back what I said about wanting to move to the same neighborhood, but I, yeah. they've never used the information. And I, I think it's partly because it's a fun, it feels like They're a fun spy game. Info. That's kind of cute. Actually, maybe that'd be not, I would like put something up in the window. They'd be like, she put up the new wreath. I'd <laughs> oh change gosh. it out midday. They'd be like midday wreath change question mark. You know, like <laughs> I like that play a little game with Actually, them. I think that sounds super fun. I really like that as well. All day. Stay at home game player. It's what I am. <laughs> right. New, new meaning to the word gamer. <laughs> yes. Amarin changing her yard flags all day. Um, yeah. They, so, um, so I thought that was interesting too. Like it's, that's a fun game for everybody to feel like they're playing spies and they're always engaged in something. But also having lived in community, you always have to be aware of the neighbors because they are so likely to just like pitchfork and, and torch you, right? Because neighbors are always in our community. We made peanut butter um, and the locals would tell we also run around naked a lot. Those two things are definitely not connected. Um, but so the locals would always tell people they had a they had a strong belief locally that there was we put a pubic hair in every single jar, which is bizarre and ridiculous and also provably false. Um, you know, but just like weird shit like that, right? Just weird shit that people just make the fuck up and then it goes on for 40 fucking years like it's a real thing that happens. So all communities have to safeguard themselves to not get burned down by their neighbors. They're square neighbors, right? So in our community, we dumped a lot of money into the local economy and we were a voting block, right? And we're very good neighbors. So to the point that uh, obviously in a hippie commune, we're not going to be out doing things like growing pot on our property, but we have so much property that um, other people in the area, it's a very poor, very rural area, would try to grow drugs on our property sometimes, because it's not a bad idea, right? They can reap the, reap the profit and not be taking any risk. But because we are such good neighbors to our local community, which is by design, also we're nice people, um, the sheriff's department would always be like, heads up, don't go over to this area where your neighbor is growing pot on your land. We're just going to keep an eye on it. <laughs> so, you know, so like that's all communities have a strategy for making sure the neighbors don't try to kill them in their sleep, Right. Um, the 12 tribes who we'll definitely talk about sometime used to be very private as well. They also got raided and had all their kids taken. And now it is their strategy to always buy houses and businesses on the main street of any town they go into. So they're extremely accessible. I say all that to say that is what these people were doing by taking walks every night and writing down stuff about their neighbors. That was their strategy and also a fun game for them. Yeah. Yeah. Really briefly, they... They did have kind of free range kids. They were very conscious about their kid rearing. Here's the weird thing about their kids scene. For the first 10 years of their existence, they had zero kids because they were very much into like free love and experimentation and different kinds of relationships. Right. Um, 
there was a shift. Someone died in the community that was precious to them and it shifted the mood and they decided we've got to get really intentional and start building a better world where everybody recognizes that the world is a game. And so they then started having kids on purpose, right? So the kids, so I read some of the, uh, the interviews from the kids, they all seem pretty happy. All of them were like, my childhood was really free. I knew how to whittle spoons when I was four. The adults, the adults let them do pretty much anything. They were like, I definitely went fishing in an unsafe river many miles from our house without anybody asking. Like, so, but they all turned out fine. They're all very happy. Um, (laughs) Some of the kids, they all seem very like smart and in full possession of themselves. Um, they all also say like, probably these adults did not pay close attention to us and probably it wasn't very safe, but they were all happy and felt well taken care of. One of Pet- Petty's games um, that he did over and over was called the High Field Experiment or Paradise. And this is where they would go out to um, a pristine piece of land nearby and they would set up like a beautiful little house made of plants and put all kinds of snacks and nice kid stuff inside of it and all of this. Um, and then they would lure the kids out and then leave them there for days. But, but they would, they would set up like basically duck blinds. So they never left the kids alone, but the kids perceived that they were alone for days at a time to see what children would do in paradise if left to their own devices. Oh my god. That's so the kids were like totally taken care of, but they were just like observing them. Yes, correct. Yeah. What That's so cute. That's I so think sweet. so too. And a beautiful house with many treats. I know. They they Aww. said they would sneak treats in when the kids seemed really occupied. <laughs> Oh, they were like <laughs> dropping more treats. See, what does a girl have to do to get this to happen to her Correct. now? You Correct. know what I'm saying? Somebody build me a beautiful home of plants and bring me snacks. Current please. finders, take note. <clears throat> take <Yeah>. note. <laughs> that would that would get me. If you're out there, just drop a card. Whatever. All you have to work. do is swing by. I'm, I'm watching. I like <laughs> cheese based snacks. Amarin? Uh chocolate, chocolate. Yeah, for me personally, unless that's, you guys don't do that, in which case, Listen, flexible. It's your flexible. game, finders. It's your we'll game. We'll take whatever snacks you, you tell bring me us. the rules. Any snacks will do, but we got to do the kid palace thing. That's a requirement. One, uh, one interesting quote from him, from their leader, Petty, about children. He said, never say anything rational to a child. <laughs> They'll become rational soon enough, but let them evolve the thinking apparatus for themselves. Oh, I like that message. See, this guy, he's not, so far, he's checking all the, he's being cool with women. Usually if one of them is cool with women, they usually do some really bad stuff to kids. That's honestly seems to be how it goes. This guy, nice to the kids, nice to the ladies. I have no complaints. It's this point I have little Emran, you don't have to be scared. Nothing bad. This is it. This is who these people are. Um, So... 55 minutes. They still don't worry. Scared. Don't worry. And we're getting to the end of it. Don't <laughs> worry. Um, I, here's one quote from one of the children that grew up there. He says, I don't think uh, that as much thinking goes into raising kids in straight society as went into raising us rather than winging it. The finders were doing their best to be thoughtful, innovative parents. That's so nice. What a nice thing to be able to say about your parents. I thought so too. Okay, so real quick. um, So as I've said, the media really took them to task. They they 
really blitzed them with being a satanic child sex cult. And then they really never corrected themselves. So (laughs) even today, the media will, if they make a reference to the finders, they'll reference that as if it's a real thing, as if it wasn't almost immediately dismissed. Satanic child cult. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty intense. Oh, Tough here's, here's the, I found the, the label that was on the, uh, the photo collection of the goats. It was called the execution of Henrietta and Igor. So as much as the media messed with them, they really got into messing with the media where again, they would have stayed private, but since they got fucked with, they just went ahead and, and went all in. This is so fun. Um, so townspeople said that the finders constantly walk the streets, following people home and taking extensive notes and pictures. They often appear at local council meetings, never saying a word, but simply observing the scene. At other times, they plunder the visitor centers for brochures, maps and local travel guides. I assure you this was because there was some kind of scavenger hunt going on. Um, and they haunt the courthouse, scouring land deeds to find out who owns local real estate. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it's pretty great. I like um, that. Let's see. Oh, <laughs> there's a there's a different interview where he's walking. He makes a uh, reporter go walk with him. And he says, uh, he's so he's walking. And then they see that uh, another member is walking behind them with a notebook. And uh, the, the leader says, we just walk by and see what's going on. And then he literally is like, Dirk, write this down. <laughs> So, so here's my favorite thing that they did. Are you ready? This is my favorite way that they fucked with the media. Yeah. So when all this was going on and it was blowing up and they were a satanic cult and they couldn't hide and all of this, um, they did two things. One, they were trying to get away from the media. So they started making decoy vans. So they would like put a cult leader in some zany, zany outfit and have them come out just like dressed as a chicken or like, you know, hopping on one foot and they'd get in the van and like drive away and the press would all follow them. And then everybody else would like go get in a sedan and run their errands that they needed to run. Oh, and they would leak stuff. They would leak stuff to the press as if they weren't themselves. Like, yeah, I heard that the finders are actually linked up with the FBI and not the CIA and that they're doing this and that. And it actually caused a public fight between the FBI and the CIA, both accusing the other one of being privately like linked with the finders because they fucking fell for it. But the finders were just leaking shit to be like, ha ha. <laughs> so here's, here's my favorite thing. They leaked something that said, yes, we do have bodies. They're buried over here, very near this creek. Because because they'd always wanted a pond there. <laughs> so the locals dug it up. Oh, like the cops no, dug it up. Oh, no. <laughs> That's brilliant. Now that is quite well done. I, know. I love so that. When- <laughs> When they were asked about why they fucked with the media so much and why they didn't bother to like clear their name, they said, if somebody can be so easily fooled, why would you ever care about their opinion of you? True. Oh my God. These people. Yeah. And they said, we have our, they said, we have Ah. our own social network, our own social safety net, our own financial safety net, and we're self-sufficient. So the societal perception of the community is of minor importance. All right, here's a tiny bit of uh, Petit's test, or Petty, Petty, I can't stop doing it. And he's not a Petit, 
um, a little bit. So when he no. was sued, he had to actually go into court and open up a little bit about his very secretive community, which he does not like to do. But here's a few things he said in court okay. that I thought were fabulous. He describes the finders as a modern day um, ship of fools. He says about 500 years ago, it was very common for ships to take persons on that are nowadays called neurotics or psychotics and just keep them moving. They found that it was very therapeutic. That's one of the ideas that I had here that people, if you kept them moving, were better off. Um, he said that he quit school after the ninth grade. He said, I consider my whole life an education and that's all I do is work on my education. I dropped out of school because it was interfering with my education. He told the court he had never had a real job. And then he said, not unless you call being a cult leader, full-time employment. <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> then he said, it would be more appropriate if I said I was a cultural leader, if I'm a leader at all. He explains that his group is actually the second round of a long-term ongoing experiment that he calls Topsy-Turvy University, in which everyone teaches him the student. He says, I've been keeping open house to fools since the 30s. I rented two apartments in Washington and had an open house. Anyone that wanted could come and stay with me. I'm still doing it. And by watching these fools, that's where I get most of my learning. I just... I do just about anything to humor these bunch of fools and want to come along that want to come along and be nice to me. And of course, I am a big fool too. The only conflict I've ever had in my entire life are with these ungrateful wretches that are suing me now. He says they were dope fiends and emotionally disturbed people and they got cured in my mental hospital and they left and now they come back and want to take the hospital. He describes the odd work of the finders nonchalantly. He says, my goal is to know everything and to say nothing. I run a private intelligence game and I send people out undercover to find out various things. I've been investigating the people out undercover to find out various things. I've been investigating the CIA since before it was the CIA. I have 10 above ground members and 10 underground who don't show their connections to the group. And then he says, lastly, um, he said, if we were interested, he said, what we're interested in is winners and losers in life. We don't fool with the middle class and we don't investigate them. For one thing, they're so predictable, but winners and losers I find interesting. That's our field of study. And then he said to the guy that was interviewing him, he said, you can stay here tonight, honestly, if you want to. I don't care. You can stay here the rest of your life. And those so-called plaintiffs are welcome to come back and stay here, too. I love it. I mm -hmm. love the message for yeah. the people. Yeah, I really Very like it. Nice. So, so all, that is that is the finders. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of a twist. Wow. The finders have fully disappeared. Um, the community directory that I just showed you, they were not listed in. So they've ceased listing themselves in the community directory. You cannot Goog them and find out what happened to them. I tried very hard. Um, there is, they've just completely disappeared from existence. They are no longer referred to. The latest references I could get to them were the mid nineties. Mid nineties. You know who you who can tell you where they are today, though. No, why? Really? Because I have a friend no. who lives with them. <laughs> oh, there's the twist. <laughs> Nicely done. So Jessie. way back in the day, I left my own communities. Like I said, we had a we have a network of communities, um, and I and other people from uh, Twin Oaks. Um, in Virginia, decided to all leave together and start an urban anarchist housing cooperative. We called it Fairly Cooperative, which is a great name because we were fairly cooperative. It was great. It was great. And we had a great time. Um, this is one of the people who started that with us. 
Um, I won't say his name. It's a very distinctive name. People who know our group of people will certainly know who I'm talking about. Nobody else will. Um, but he lives in Culpeper with the Finders as of today. They no longer call themselves the Finders and they try very hard to rebrand themselves. When you read, uh, you you could not connect this community to the Finders. There's, there's, it makes the smallest reference to, I mean, first of all, they live in Culpeper, which should be a pretty good giveaway not a different it's and they're on the same properties you know and they have properties in dc so it's that group they have changed their name they have rebranded um petty died in 2004 um so they've really regrouped they've really shifted their name has changed their their reference to the name the finders is scrubbed you can't find it anywhere there the only reference is that they say we have been here for over 40 years with different names and in different iterations, but they, they don't affiliate themselves with the finders, even though they're on the finders property and they're the tail end of this community. So I'm going to be a real jerk and tell you, you can find them, but I'm not going to tell you how (laughs) I will tell you this. Um, my friend who lives there now, he's a bit of a frenemy. I only mean that I like him. I don't. And, and I think he likes me and all's well, but we were housemates at one point. And when our community broke up, uh, middling amicably, he did go on tour in a, in a grease fueled diesel bus with another housemate. And he did tour a musical show across the entire country with songs based only on what a bitch I am. Oh. I know because they were real pointed. They were like, "You with your stupid red hair and your dumb braids and your stupid hippie dress." Wow! So he is pretty on the nose. It was okay. Would have been wow. hard to mistake it. So he did tour that line of songs across the country. Nice, yeah. thanks. We're man. since thanks. Uh, fine, and and I've sent him. I've sent him care packages to this community. Um, yeah, and so he, oh, good. it is now a real chill commune. I went and looked at pictures. They are on Facebook. Um, I went and looked at, at pictures of their community. Um, it looks just like every other community I've ever seen. Stacks of books, stacks of spice racks, real nice right. and chill. Um, I, when I looked at the pictures, I saw members of Twin Oaks that I know in some of the pictures, um, which tells me that they're very much huh. in the network of all the communes out there, you know, trading, you know, so they're right. not being really closed off. Um, and I, no, yeah. It's and so I know key. that he had hit a rough spot and I believe went there for the reason that is what, how they recruit. You can just go stay there still, but you got to find him. Right. But he's thrived there. I think he's been there for many, many years now and he's, he's thrived there. So, and he wasn't, he was not thriving in mainstream, which is, uh, totally predictable for people who are drawn to the community's movement. So he was not thriving in the mainstream like most of us and, uh, and went back to this community and is very happy. Yeah. I love that. Wow. No, it's a happy yeah, ending all it around. Really, really it really is. like a happy, a happy now, I guess it's not really the ending, but it's a happy conclusion yeah. to the story. So that's what I got. What you, what you think there, Amarin? Nice. Oh, Jesse, I love this one. This one's really cool. Um, I wasn't expecting this. I obviously my guess in the beginning was was fanciful <laughs> and fun, but it was not on it the nose. Have been. You never just, stood a chance. No, I set you up. Yeah, it would have been really. I mean, it would have been a one in a million shot. You know, I just could. I would have had to have been really good at the game. Um, but yes, 
I love it. I definitely think this is the first cult on a serious note that I've actually not had any qualms with and could actually see myself joining without barriers. So that's something I shouldn't say before we're actually doing the rankings, but something that I feel like I have to say when we're reflecting on the cult because it's just really noteworthy. So good on you guys if you hear this for keeping it so clean, even if you're not connected at all to that. Props to you, Finders. I think our rankings will have to skip on the cult aesthetic this time because they really didn't have one unless we count their their Halloween setups, which I give a solid 10. Yeah, let's just go ahead and agree that that stuff was super cool. It's just a 10 across the board on the aesthetic portion, which is just small a piece. But yeah, let's skip otherwise because, you know, what, what is Yeah, that's my feeling really? about that. A lot of tweed in their general outfits, which I'm fine with. It's neither here nor there. Um, so then we would go to wackadooiness. I was just thinking about this. Okay, so I can't decide if this is like the sanest one we've ever heard or like really strange. You know, like and I'm really I've been thinking <laughs> about this for half the episode now. I've literally been like, are these people really out there or not? So I don't want to keep treading water. I want to commit to a decision. And I think I'm going to say I'm going to rate these guys a four. That feels right. I don't think they're that crazy. I don't think this is wackadooey necessarily, but I do think the whole life is a game. We just have to wake people up to that. Uh, it's getting it's getting weird. It's starting to get weird. Even though I agree on some level, it's starting to get weird. I couldn't so, hang with the stress me. of knowing I might be sent to Japan on two hours notice, but I think I would just have to like put the kibosh at that point. Like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Give me a different one. <laughs> that's That's a no. I just used my no pass. Um, but oh, wackadooiness for me. I'm going to go six because I think that the deft way that they fuck with people is just admirable. Particularly that they got a pond <laughs> that they, they had been wanting. That's amazing. That is pretty wacky. That's my favorite thing about, about them that. is that they were like, the bodies are over there where we've always wanted a pond. <laughs> amazing see yeah but see that to me is like almost super logical yeah. you know what i mean it's almost the opposite of wackadooey it's almost like that's what's conflicting me is i'm like is that crazy or is it really really smart and not wackadooey at all you've broken our scale we don't have a number for you there is no scale if perhaps if madison was Break here she could guide us like a north star somewhere but we are alone in this one i feel like we just can't rate this no i don't yeah, know what to do madison like, lost is spinning. i'm lost. which i would tell I'm you lost. is exactly the finder um, school so they've got us right where they want us oh dear listener you can't see but i gasped whenever she said this <laughs> for it was such you. a good point yes. um wow. all right last one wow. would you join this cult you've kind of said yes already I do feel like my answer is yes. Honestly, I think that if I had the pleasure of somehow obtaining introduction to this society at the right time of my life and I was following the hints and the clues and I got there and I found it, there's a chance I could be interested. I It, it could meet me there. Um, no concerning black marks in their history. No thing. I mean, I could probably do the Japan on a last minute notice thing. I I don't know. It seems intense, but maybe it would make me a better person. But maybe you just can't eat soup all the time. Maybe that's your right. Right. I don't. It's hard for me to know where my lines are if they're not like I I feel like I might have a line. But how would I know if I wasn't there trying to do it? You know, so that's my answer is probably yes. I think this is my first actual honest to God. You may not see me anymore. Yes. 
<laughs> well, slide into my DMs. I'll tell you how to find them. <laughs> I've already told you they're in Culpeper, Virginia. Um, I will, let me close with this because it's one sweet thing that I didn't get to mention in the in the descriptions. When one of the mothers uh, picked up her two children from uh, the cops taking them, she came to get them. And she had a two-year-old and a six-year-old. Her two-year-old latched back onto her boob and her six-year-old had saved, it, uh, Valentine's Day had passed and the six-year-old had made sure to get her mom a card because the six-year-old understood that this was all a game and that all of these people were irrelevant to her because this was just a, a part of a longer game. And she would, of course, need a Valentine's gift for her mom when her mom came because everything else was just ensuing like players playing their parts. And the mom said, you know, I'm so proud of her. She is the perfect finder. She never lost her faith that this was just a game and that it would be fine because wow. that's our belief. Oh, what a moment. Wow. Yeah. And totally harmless. And it seems like in terms of long-term psychological damage, which I love to hear. I love to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So props to you, finders. You got hammering. I'm hooked. You got me, guys. Hit me up. I, I'm I'm only a medium, yes, because I already know all the nearby communes and it's stiff competition for fun out there. That's the only reason I'm a I'm a medium. It's a maybe, yeah. <laughs> that makes <laughs> sense. If you're in one out there, you can definitely hang out with all of them. So all right. Well, uh, Amarin, where can we find you on all the stuff? You can find me. I'm going to get it right this week. You can find me on Instagram at Amarin, which is A-M-A-W-R-E-N. And um, that's the only place you can find me for now. Uh, but if we become really close friends, maybe I'll add you on Facebook. Ooh, love it. You can find me on all the things at Lewd Linens, my other side hustle, L-E-W-D-L-I-N-E-N-S. We'll see you next week. Oh, oh, oh. Next week, I'm actually going to spoiler it for you and tell you what we're doing because it involves an assignment for Amarin and for listeners. Next week, the cult we are covering is Midsummer. Midsummer from the fictional movie Midsummer. Some people I'm call it a horror here. movie. I call it the feel-good movie of the year. Yes. So we will be covering the cult that is in Midsummer next week. So Amran, watch it this week. Have you seen it before? I have. Yeah. But I'll I watch mean, it again. Yeah. Because let's take some notes and yes. um, y'all will have to watch it at home or not listen to this because we will ruin it for you. Uh, I'm going to talk as, about all the gory spoilers. Details. Yep. <laughs> we will spoil it, spoil it, spoil it. So that's the assignment between now and then. Get ready. Midsummer's next week. We can join fictional cults if we want to. Heck yeah, we can. You know who would agree Heck with yeah. us? The Finders. The Finders believe that, and mm -hmm. we do too. And that's mm -hmm. just one other reason we're just a little bit closer. A little bit closer to them. So, America, find the cult that's right for you. We'll see you next week. See you next week. I join. Ooh, cults I join. If you are loving Cults I Join and want to help us share the fun, here are some actions you can take. Subscribe and share the show on any podcast platform. Rate and review us on Google. This keeps us visible and gives an angel its wings. 
or at least that's what our guru says. Follow us at CultsideJoin on the .com, the Facebook, and the Insta, and then hit us there with all your comments, discussions, and questions. We really do love hearing what you think. Finally, a huge thank you to our co-creators. Editing and post-production is by DeverWeb, and the biggest thanks to the incomparable Miss Devin Spruill, our theme song creator and performer. You should go soak up her music right now. And that's it, y'all. Thanks for listening, and happy culting! Cult side joy.